You are listening to the podcast from Mosaic Church. Stay tuned after it for more info about how to get and stay connected with our church family. Now, let's dive into this week's message. It's 2021, y'all. It's 2021. Pastor Morgan, our lead pastor, is out for a couple of weeks on vacation, and I'm excited to be with you today. If this is your first time with us, my name is Wendell Williams, and I serve as one of the pastors here at Mosaic. And you may not know that that Mosaic Church is part of a larger global spiritual family called Every Nation. And Every Nation has churches and campus ministries around the globe in more than 80 countries, 80 nations. And its mission is to honor God and to make disciples through church planning, world missions, and campus ministry. Each year, we take a specific moment to connect with this global family of churches through not only a week of prayer and fasting, but through a common teaching series. This year's series for the month of January looks at the names and character qualities of God, of the God of the Bible, and how he has revealed himself in incredible ways to men and women over time and cultures. This collective series is called Awesome God, and we get to experience it together and with people from around the world. And if you're not standing on your feet already or clapping or high-fiving your kiddos or your roommate or the dog, I got you right here, high-five me. We get to join in and celebrate our awesome God. So let's do that. With our Mosaic family, with our Every Nation family, all of our guests viewing and visiting online, link your faith with our faith and let's believe God to speak to us today. Amen? Amen. God, we give you January 2021. Would you take this series, would you take this portion of scripture and multiply it across every viewer, every listener, every screen? Would you help us to see that we are in your presence this afternoon? Help us to see you rightly. Reveal to us who you are, God. We are expectant. We are thankful. And it is in the matchless name of Jesus Christ that we say, amen. Several years ago, my wife, Melissa, and I were, were in L.A. visiting my, my little brother on vacation. We rented a, a little car to drive around the city, see the sights, doing the things, and we come to a stoplight. And you know how you can feel someone looking at you, staring at you? Well, at this light, I feel someone looking at me on my left in this, this area right here. And so I, I turn and look And there's a car next to me, and a woman appears to be staring at me. My wife is sitting to my right in the passenger seat. I turn and look the other way. Maybe she's looking behind me. Maybe she's looking past me. I turn back, and she's still looking my direction, only this time a little more expectant. I'm from Texas, so there's there's southern hospitality no matter where I go. So, so I give her the courtesy, I, I see you, a grin, head nod, and I turn back towards the light. But now I got to know, is she, is she still looking at me? Because I still feel something over here. And I turn and look back, and she's still looking in my direction. And I'm like, how long is this light? You about to get me in trouble, mess up my vacation. It's not happening. So under my breath, I say to my wife, my beautiful, wonderful, fantastic wife, through my teeth, I think this lady is looking at me. 
And Melissa's like, where? What, what lady? Let, let me at her. No, she, she, she didn't do that. But she begins to turn and look. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't look quickly because then the lady's going to know that I told you that she was looking. Make it a little more subtle. So she turns in slow motion, but so obvious. And to my surprise, the lady in the car, Melissa's faces, they, they start getting brighter. They start smiling. And all of a sudden, my wife says, hey, to the lady in the car next to us. And I turn and fully look, now thinking that I've, I've, I've done it again, someone I'm supposed to recognize, and I didn't. Now they're going to be mad at me because I didn't see them. Melissa starts having a full-blown conversation with this lady. They're talking about their outfits, how cute the rental car is, how much she loves L.A., sharing it's our first time there, how much she loves her work, asking her where she's headed. And then Melissa starts hitting me, saying, it's Tracy, it's Tracy. And so I, I'm, I'm trying to be inconspicuous, and I say, Tracy, who? Hoping that she's going to give me the details to, so that I can know who this woman is. It's Tracy. Tracy Ellis Ross. Television, film star, girlfriends, blackish, daughter of Diana Ross. What? Where? I start hitting Melissa, telling her, it's, it's Tracy. And I look over at Tracy, and I give her the, my, my bad, I, I, I didn't know face. I didn't recognize you. And she's mirroring me back. She's being funny. And I try to explain to the air, I, I, I didn't see you. And I'm thinking what y'all are thinking, golly, how long is this light? The light changes. We all wave by. I'm like, see you later, Tracy. She gives me the mm-hmm face. Like, oh, no, you didn't recognize me, but now you see me. I begin driving. And now Melissa is hitting me more aggressively because I'm, I'm still in trouble. I messed up our lunch with Tracy Ellis Ross. Missed our chance to be besties with Tracy. Here's the thing. Tracy, Tracy didn't need to be seen by me. I'm, I'm sure she's going to be okay. But have you ever felt unseen? I mean, have you ever made someone else feel unseen? Have you accidentally not seen someone that you should have seen? We all want to be noticed. After all, we were created to be known. And it's important to be seen. I mean, 2020 was supposed to be the year that we all saw with perfect clarity, right? But that didn't quite go as planned, at least not for me. And if, if you saw 2020 coming, go ahead and text me your, your stock picks for 2021, the, the Powerball, the winner of the NBA Finals. Send that my way. <laughs> Much has happened this past year. Some of it on full display with the whole world watching. Other parts more personal, private, hidden. And in a year like we've had, where maybe we, we haven't been able to see one another as often as we once did, or be near to those who needed us, moment, who needed us in moments where there was truly life and death, or we've gotten the opportunity to look more intently, more closely into the people in our own home that we hadn't seen in a long time. Maybe in hindsight, our vision did get a little clearer. But in a culture where people have died, 
trying just to be noticed? How do we rightly hold what it means to be seen? What does it mean to be seen by God? Is there anyone who truly sees? I believe there is. And in Genesis 16, through the lives of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar, will be shown his name. El Roy, the God who sees me. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abraham agreed with Sarah's proposal. So Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abraham as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abraham had settled into the land of Canaan. Now, at this point in the narrative, Abraham has received God's call to go to Canaan and the promise of descendants. He's fled to Egypt to avoid famine. He's parted ways with his nephew Lot. He's, He's helped save Lot, rescue Lot from local wars. And God has reiterated his promise of descendants by making a covenant with Abraham in Genesis 15. And in chapter 16, we find one answer to a question that poet Langston Hughes asked thousands of years later. What happens to a dream deferred? What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat? or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet. Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. Or does it explode? So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress Sarah with contempt. Then Sarah said to Abraham, this is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. You see, God had promised that she would have a son and that that son wouldn't be just any son, but from that son would come a great family. And from that family would come a great nation. And from that nation would come the hero, the Messiah, who would redeem the whole world from its brokenness and injustice. That's a promise. But was the promise really for her too? You see, this was a long-term plan by Sarah. She was hoping to to help God out, seeing the promise fulfilled through Hagar. Not just for one child, but for children and keeping in line with the promise. And culturally, it would have been acceptable for Sarah to, to give her slave to her husband as a wife in hopes of having children through Hagar. But that wasn't God's plan or promise. Has that ever been true for us? Too much time has gone by, but what about my timeline? I'm supposed to be this by then, but then has come and gone. God, where where are you? I'm supposed to be in a relationship by now. I'm been supposed to be chose. Our truth, our values begin to shift towards compromise. Come on, son, work a little harder. You want our dream of making it to the league to come true, don't you? Study more, baby girl. We can't get into Harvard with that GPA. Placing our overdue expectations on our kids, trying to live out our dreams through them. 
blind to the damage taking place in our own relationship. Questioning what God might have said. And these dreams deferred would explode into everyone's life. And verse six says, Abraham replied, look, she is your servant. So deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarah treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. See, when we feel ignored, unseen, our, our ego, our sense of self-worth, our self-value takes a beating. Truth becomes doubt with too much time gone by. And for Sarah, she not only felt unseen by God, but uncovered by her husband and uniquely made to feel small by Hagar. And Sarah, like many of us, instead of acknowledging her fears of not being included in the promises of God or, or her feelings of being ignored, she blames everyone else. So what about us? When our sense of self-worth, self-importance is attacked at its depth, what do we do? She blames, says everyone else is responsible for all of the difficulties that are happening in my life. Why do we blame other people? Blaming others is easy. Blaming others feeds our need for control. Blaming unloads backed up feelings. Blaming protects our ego. Blaming means we don't have to be vulnerable. But what do we lose out on by blaming? Our own personal growth, our power to change anything, healthy relationships, our influence on ourselves and others. And the most important, I think, our empathy. Why empathy? Because a lack of empathy, the ability to understand and share the feelings of another limits our ability to see them. And without empathy, we fail to see people different from us, other from us, and we think it absolves us from the responsibility of them. So what does it mean to be seen by God? It means in part, when God sees our unfaithfulness, we see his faithfulness. In verse 17, it says, the angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness, along the road to Shur. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, she replied. What was she doing out there? Where was she going? She was willing to take her chances, a pregnant woman in the wilderness or return to Egypt to little to no family, no friends, and no way to support herself or her child. All of this as an alternative to staying and enduring Sarah's mistreatment, her beatings, her harshness. And when the angel found her, it's not just any ordinary angel. This, this angel is to believe to be Jesus in pre-incarnate form before he came in the flesh in the New Testament. And he asked Hagar a series of important questions. Hagar, Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? And these questions sound very familiar to God's question to Adam and Eve in the garden earlier in Genesis of where are you? And, and these questions were not simply meant to provide information for the angel of the Lord. Jesus, after all, he found her. He addressed her by name, social status, her employer. He asked to provide Hagar with the opportunity 
to, prov- to pause and consider. Pause and consider to reflect and remember not only where she had come from, but ask a, 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 a fuller question of where has she been brought from? What has she been brought out of? And where was she going? And do you know what the angel of the Lord says to her next? The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. Submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. This son of yours will be a wild man, as untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all of his relatives. What's God up to here? He's doing what what Hagar needed, what you and I need. He's seeing her. He's seeing her in her pain, in her anger, in her frustration, in her abuse, in her misuse. And he's not running down a list of of the bad decisions that she's made that have led her to this moment. Verse 13 says, thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord. Another name? Who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? You see, in the angel of the Lord sharing this, this name of her child, Ishmael, the God who hears, God hears my cries. He was acknowledging that, that he had already heard her. That's how he found her. That's why he showed up. He had never left her. He was always with her. And she might've thought that was all there was to it. But as he continued to speak to her, speak life, speak hope, she realized you do more than hear. You do more than see. You really see me. And it wasn't that she physically made that connection. It was that in these moments, God revealed his compassion for her, gave her a future and a hope. And this is Hagar's response. I love Hagar's response. You are the God who sees me. The God who sees me. Have I truly seen the one who sees me? Or said another way, I have seen that God sees me. Specifically, me, you. And today, God sees you too. In whatever state you might find yourself in, whatever pain you find yourself in, he sees you and is revealing himself to you even now. He's revealed himself to you through Jesus. God reveals his heart for us, for you, for me, through Jesus, just as he did for Hagar. And when you see that, when we see that, we can respond. So what does it mean to be seen by God? When God sees our suffering, we see his mercy. Verse 14 says, so that well was named Berlahi Roy, which means well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abraham named him Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. This encounter has been shared again 
and again and again of our awesome God. El Roy, the God who sees me. And God is revealing to her, to you, to me, that he's seen her, us, the entire time. He's not a far off God disconnected from our pain. I remember years ago before my wife and I had children, we, before marriage, were, were yes, we're in, we're going to have kids. That's the game plan. I, I, I want all the kids. And my wife was in, and it came a point where family stuff started to come up, old family wounds in her heart. She wasn't sure that she wanted to have kids anymore. And that was a blow for me because I, I, I always dreamed of having a family, righting the, the, the wrongs, the, thing that, the things that went wrong in the past. And when we had these, these conversations over a period of, of, of weeks, of months, you can imagine the, the frustration and the friction that it brought in our, our marriage. And one day, walking out these doors, of the lobby, a man stops us. One of our, our every nation pastors who come to, from France to, to guest speak, his name was Matt Rash, doesn't know us, never met us. He stops us on the way to go not miss his flight. And he asks, can I pray for you guys? Can I pray for you? And of course, we, we say yes, and the things that begin to come out of his mouth, the, the, the confirmation that you will have a family, children are coming, that, that was amazing in and of itself, but it went even further. He began to speak to the wounds in my wife's heart, the family issues, to say that those things will be resolved Again, he, he didn't know us. He was on his way somewhere. But the Holy Spirit, I believe, prompted him to pause, to see us, and to speak. And it wasn't just that we now in that moment have been seen by, by Matt Rash. No, it was a moment that reminded us that God is the God who sees. Not just everybody. He does see everybody. But me specifically. You specifically. See, we all need someone that is, all, that is understood. We need someone who does not lack empathy. We need someone who, who always covers us. We need someone who will take our blame, who took our blame. We need someone who becomes small. We need someone who truly sees. And as we remember and reflect, as we consider where we've been brought from, hindsight may actually be 2020. And what does it mean to be seen by God? When God sees us in our pain, in our affliction, in our suffering, he sees his righteousness if we respond to Jesus. And I, I, my hope is that 
you walk away, you walk into 2021 knowing that you, you are not, not seen. Even if the people who are supposed to see you miss you, if they don't notice you, if they don't call or send that text to say, hey, I'm just checking up. If your marriage is struggling, you're like, man, these people I, I, I go to church with, they don't even know to have. God sees. You are not alone in your suffering. Just like Hagar, it wasn't in that moment that God decided to see her. No, nah, Hagar, us, we're just catching up. God stands outside of time. He's seen her. He's seen us all along. And when he sees us, we can see his righteousness. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you. Thank you for seeing us in 2020. Thank you for seeing us in 2021. Thank you for seeing us in Genesis. Thank you for seeing us all throughout scripture, Lord God. Thank you for sending your son that if we choose to respond, to return, repent, that when you look at us, you see him, your righteousness, and we can be saved. Father God, would you continue to reveal yourself to us? Would you can continue to reveal yourself in our suffering, in our, in our pain? Would you reveal your name to us? El Royi, the God who sees. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more info about how to get and stay connected to Mosaic Church, please visit us online at www.mosaicchurchaustin.com or download our app from your app store.